Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Munzenreiter, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Gagango and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. We'll be talking about weekend Street Fighter 2s and concept skate videos, but first, we're going in on Jimmy Wilkins and the current state of Vert. Jimmy Wilkins's no-handed airs and lip trick mastery have been making the rounds via Thrasher and elsewhere, thawing the hearts of even the most street-committed skaters. Jason, you're an avowed Euro ledge tech warrior. What's your take on Jimmy Wilkins' appeal? Well, it's pretty simple. I mean, for someone like me, he just does hard-ass ledge tricks on vert, which is fucking awesome. Like in this most recent one-minute video that Thrasher posted on Twitter, um, not sure where else they posted, maybe on Instagram, I don't know. He does like, honest to goodness, backside Sanchez grind on vert. Also, an honest to goodness, frontside Sanchez grind on vert. Break that down real quick for those who might not know a Sanchez grind. Oh, yeah. Allow me to explain. A Sanchez grind is frontside 180 to switch crooked grind done frontside and done backside. It's a backside 180 to switch frontside crooked grind. So it's kind of like an alley-oop crooked grind kind of thing. Called Sanchez grind because it was invented by Henry Sanchez at the uh, Embarcadero. So, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, He also did a crazy ass like alley-oop backside windy nose grind pretty much that trick that joey o'brien did at muni in that part which is one of the best parts last year also does really picturesque no-handed ollies like no-handed 540 shit like that which is super scary and yeah i was just doing some research for this pod and i was looking back at an interview he did in thrasher like august of last year his origin story is pretty sick like he's from columbus ohio there were no vert ramps growing up. Only vert ramp he had was two hours away in somewhere in Kentucky or some shit. So it's a super relatable origin story for people, you know, grew up on the East Coast, Midwest, or places without, you know, lots of skate parks and that type of support growing up. Damn, Jason, I wonder if he was going to Louisville because there's a vert ramp no, at that like big Yeah. One. Yeah. I know the park you're talking about it in Louisville. It had, there's like a full pipe there or some shit, but it was yep. it was in some random town like Florington or Florence or some shit like that. Florence rings a bell. Wow. You were saying, Patrick. Jason, you touched upon something that uh, was really key there about the idea of making a pilgrimage to go to a vert ramp. And uh, there's an Instagram account called Past Participle or The Past Participle. We'll drop a link in the show notes. And they show a lot of homemade and DIY backyard mini ramps and vert ramps. And I think something that part of the alienation that exists, you know, among street skaters when they look at vert the, the unrelatability of it, you know, comes from the fact that we haven't done enough to remind people that, hey, like, vert skating didn't just come out of nowhere. It wasn't fully formed. It was all about the hunt. It was all about establishing the relationships and, you know, becoming friendly with somebody who had a ramp. And that, uh, yeah, we all think about the rock star era of the late 80s and obviously, you know, the Tony Hawk era that's been going since Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And, yeah, like... Vert skating can be really, really, really cool. I mean, go back to the 90s. It was all about Danny and Colin. Like, Tony Hawk is amazing. Yes, I understand. And Danny and Colin were both very good street skaters. Excellent. But Vert, they were a pleasure to watch on Vert. Like, they did not get the fast forward button when you had their parts in video. Oh, no, never. Hell no. Like, questionable? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I was also getting ready for this pod. I was trying to come with a list of good, you know, fun vert parts that i like watch that i like uh, watching it's a really short list but danny and colin were on there a you know like i said they were just doing like hard-ass ledge tricks on vert that mm-hmm. was kind of their mo but maybe it was kind of like the way mt like 
set it up just to make it all cinematic and shit. I don't know. It always seemed always seemed way sick. Also, also along those lines of you know documentaries, doc, documentaries, documentaries, documentation, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, that documentary about the Cedar Crest Country Club vert ramp up in mm. Northern Virginia is uh, fucking awesome. Even if you're on the vert skating, like it's crazy. I think I was stoked on it when it came out. But that's definitely worth checking out if you're into like bird skating, yeah, and skate culture, all that kind of shit. Do we need to trademark the stoked on line? Probably somebody like what if I, Doritos ends up using it? Powerful snack, but powerful shaped snack. Cool yeah, Ranch it, Doritos. I'm stoked on it. <laughs> my God, yeah, no, we got to be like, I'm stoked on trademark venture trucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> what, what were those Doritos that they came out with a while ago that were like a three dimensional? Oh, those were terrible. Illegal sieves? No, what the fuck? Were the, the, they weren't like the usual triangle shit. They were like a three-dimensional Three-dimensional, sphere. yeah. They weren't very good. They, they kind of felt like those uh, weird oh, bugles. They're like bugles, except... Yeah, they were like bugle-shaped, but in some, uh, in some weird 3D shape. Oh, and then, all right. I was like, are those, were those a weird regional thing? But no, now I vaguely remember that. Okay. Nah. I think, I, man, I think they were just Doritos 3D. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> And I wasn't snacking that hard at the time, so it didn't even register. Oh, man. Now you're making me think about chips. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That would be a pretty, not just an impressive box, but probably a huge check. Oh, yeah. Illegal Civ made bank on that. You know, just like, hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Yeah, we're, we're skipping over all, like, the, the men's grooming products in your usual podcast sponsor. We're going right to, like multinational conglomerates exactly i I mean who's who's reading the i think only templeton could actually like get through the live read on the ball you know or whatever (laughs) they are i can't even think of the right one i mean it's block it out every time i hear that ad on podcasts it's gonna be like uh (laughs) casper mattresses no we're trying to get real money (laughs) oh i'm sure they pay well too Yeah, no, we will not discriminate, especially without, you know, Templeton, who actually does all the heavy lifting around here, editing. I don't know. He could probably do a lot more editing with some Exxon Mobile, you know, you know, <laughs> oil money. <laughs> I mean, we could do just like all the soccer clubs in, in, in England. Just be like, you know, a big sponsorship. Gas a couple drums a year. Just a couple drums a year of oil. Like, that's all we need. <laughs> yo. Can you imagine that's like, that's your package. Just like, yo sponsor laced me up this one check this out man these are all 50 gallon drums this is straight crude right here you don't got this so all i know from like when i worked at the skate shop and dudes would have to drop off like a pallet of gatorade whomever is dropping off the oil drums at my house is super bummed like they hate you trust me on that (laughs) uh let's let's talk about vert skating though um Um, who was cool like because i think the thing that's different now is that there were some there were some bad boys in the 90s. I just like thinking about uh, Ben and Taz Pappas, for example. Imagine those guys on Twitter. Like peak Pappas brothers on Twitter. They'd be talking shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then also like uh, shout out to Bucky Lasik repping Baltimore, Maryland. He was also really cool. He's still skating, right? Yeah, oh, he's, he's, still, the- he's still doing it. He has some uh, like unimaginable park in his backyard. When like his some, entire forte anymore is doing like the most awkward, I don't know, twisting, inverted, weird shit you could imagine, but doing it switch. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he was always game switch even back in the day. He was always yeah, like, yeah. It's it, it it's funny. I think that like Bucky Lasik, 
is incredible and you'll still see him do i don't know switch frontside stale fish and then a switch frontside invert and it and it's sick because it looks switch it looks very switch in the same way that like i don't know dude doing a switch shove it heel and then a cr- switch crooks looks you know it's obviously switch and it's cool in that way but i think like going back to jimmy wilkins what's so appealing about him is that there's zero awkwardness in anything that he does and almost like inevitability maybe that's probably not quite right but in that thrasher edit that was going around he does a ollie backside backside 540 that's redundant but like ollie 540 tail grab and it's so messed up and just so weird and then he also does you know backside 360 with like crook legs drifting over that channel to fakie at birdman's ramp and there's just something so not awkward about it and so fluid, but it's not a street style. I don't think it's like, no, this- but you know what? It's almost like, um, if you think about this from a musician's perspective, because we associate the song that he skated to with 20 shot sequence, there's yeah, yeah. some, there's something about, it's like he, it's not just that his skating is amazing. It's that he's, it's so well edited to the song and the way that he hits it, certain beats his flow, just like his control on the ramp, it makes it reminds you of twenty shot sequence, and so it's almost like it's like it's sparking something in your brain if you've seen that video. And granted, it's a, it's a remix of the same song, but or the original version, twenty shot was a remix. It's beautiful, and maybe that's something you know. It's maybe it's like his vert skating is tapping into a continuum that's more than just cool vert skating. It's just cool skating in general, and maybe I don't know. Maybe is that's maybe that's something that's missing. Um, and then back to amazing vert skaters from the 90s, Alfonso Rawls. Yeah, 100%. I put that in my notes in that lick part, or even in the next generation part. Like he was way advanced for the time. Like I think he, he was the first person I saw do a backside nose blunt on vert. Who else? Also, Chris Miller. Oh, I was going to say, like, Wilkins reminds me a lot of Chris Miller mm-hmm, in that yeah. he would do these, like, almost kind of like surf style like really super boned out airs and then he'll throw in some crazy ass like alley lip tricks and shit. He also lists Chris Miller as one of the favorite vertus skaters in the, the interview I mentioned before. So yeah, I mentioned it many times on this podcast, but Chris Miller's part in the planner video now and later is uh, definitely sick. Yeah. He's and phenomenal. Um, I, I guess, I don't know. It's weird. Like um, in retrospect, do y'all really think like vert died, died, or was it just that people were putting out way more videos with street? Because I mean, Danny and Colin, like, it's not like it was just them. Like they had a whole crew of people that they skated vert with. I think it might have died, man, or at least been on, like, life support. I don't think... Yeah, yeah, I agree with Jason in terms of, like, it was barely there, and I think it was inaccessible, because, I mean, let me... I'm doing doing a little bit, like, late 90s, where there... Or mid to late 90s, where, you know, you had the spot ramp, you had the plan B ramp, you had that ramp in Vancouver, like, Moses at Conan was skating... There's like randomly, you know, one up here in the Twin Cities with um, Third Layer from like, God, what was that, 1997 on? Yeah. But I mean, you got to think. And then there's some like up and down the East Coast, but where else is there a vert ramp? And like someone's backyard, someone's backyard. But, you know, who had access to that stuff? And I think just kind of another kind of way to prove that point is the entire decade from like 95 well, it's not a true decade 95 to when i started skating paying attention obviously like 95 to 2003 like that wasn't new vert guys there was maybe jesse fritch or you know your your random flash in the pans but it was more 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. Bucky this, uh, I'll do, I'll do. This this Maybe disrespect to Giorgio Zatoni. My goodness. Oh, oh, okay, I was just okay, thinking about okay. Giorgio Zatoni. Okay. Sounds like Italian discrimination. I'll do to <laughs> like one this like an went by Italian discrimination for a second. <laughs> just gonna say, I'll finish the thought. Like you know, Mike Crone was still sticking around, you know, like maybe writing for World in 2003, 2004, and doing fantastic Nolly Heel variations. But like there was no new blood for a long time in the Vert game. And I think probably Danny Way resurrected it with the DC video, but there was still a leg until like that new blood really started coming up. Yeah, here's here's my theory. When all these new parks start started popping up with these bowls and shit and the bowl contest started, you know, popping up and when people started making a lot of money that really hit, hit vert hard because the people who would be skating vert ended up skating these huge ass bowls that are basically vert. They're like vert bowls or whatever the fuck. But you didn't have to do as hard a tricks. Yeah, bowls e- exactly. I mean, that's my whole stance. And admittedly, this is coming from a diehard world industries ledge warrior. Like a lot of a lot of these bowl tricks and stuff they do in the contest is basically 1985 vert tricks, but without pads. Right. Yeah, I always thought it was kind of regressive. You know what I mean? And Wilkins is is sick because he's just like in the super niche, like super niche area of skating. Like who the, like who the fuck is doing like hard ass lead tricks on vert? Maybe like five ten people. So he's just like, I don't care. This is the kind of skating that I like. You know, I like fucking Colin, Colin Danny, Chris Miller. So fuck it. You know. So do you think that the Olympics, for example, um, because there's still vert contests, but do you think the Olympics should have had, instead of their park versus street, I don't know what the hell, where they got that nomenclature, but do you think they should have had, say, street and vert? Because I feel like that would have made for much, much more interesting viewing. uh, Because we all remember the X Games. You know people would probably turn it up to 11 at the Olympics. I really think in terms of like how the Olympics are and that it's very structured, very repeatable events a vert ramp makes way better sense than you know what are they gonna do i uh, what paris they're gonna they're gonna take the tokyo vert skate park and then replicate it in paris no that's not gonna happen you know it's it's gonna be a new thing every year and i feel like that kind of flies in the face of the olympics thing i don't know i I think uh, a better street course and an actual vert ramp would attract a way different crowd way different uh participants i think would be fascinating and also i guess because there's so many skate parks and because there are more vert ramps than there were when we were teenagers that maybe you know you know there's a generation of kids who skate bowls they think nothing of it you know in an ideal world if you have more access to vert ramps maybe you'll have more kids who are skating vert ramps and being cool with it and wearing cool outfits on vert because maybe that's the other thing too do your fits really matter when you skate vert oh of course yeah 100 percent Look shorts at, or pants? Uh, well, look, I mean, look at Christian Asoy. He was wearing like biker shorts. Oh, yeah. You know? And then, like, it, it was always tight when Colin and Danny or Brian Howard or whoever would wear like blind jeans and skate vert and have like the pads over the jeans. <laughs> that was a look, you know. But yeah, with the Olympics, in a perfect world, they would have street, bowl, and a vert ramp. But, you know, in slalom. Slalom, yeah. Whoa, whoa, and, whoa. No slappy competition? Slappy competition. <laughs> five-time uh, olympic who champion can do, who god can do the a, public doesn't think skating's stupid enough let's make them watch slappies who, who can do the like the longest slappy crooks oh my god <laughs> what does training for that look like a weekend video we, yeah we'll talk about that later coming, 
coming up, coming up next on the most escape podcast. But you know, the po- politics and shit. And yeah, and that Jimmy Wilkins interview that I mentioned before, like he was talking about, yeah, there's not, no vert contest, hardly any vert ramp. So yeah, I think like the skate park explosion kind of made like that genre of skating. Because if you're going to build, if you're a skate park designer, you're going to build, you know, something concrete that's going to last, not like a uh, skate like skate light and wood contraption, you know? Yeah. True. I mean, I'm just shocked that people can, you know, construct a run. I feel like with the amount of speed and the concentration, like how do you repetitively do a run so that you can actually win something? It just, it boggles the mind, you know? You mean invert or invert? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like anything else, I guess. I yeah, think I guess it's just practice. So then here's the other question. Is it kind of a bad thing that Tony Hawk occupies such an outsized space in vert skating? No, he's he's still progressing. He's still learning tricks. He, has, he you know, retires them and turns them into NFTs or whatever, you know? What did he do? He did a Madonna to switch crooks to fakie. Did I make that up? I don't know. I, I think it was. I think it was something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's. I'm fine with it. He's he's actually a more interesting face of vert skating. You know, for like the past twenty years, than we could have had just because you know now he now he's kind of resigned, not resigned in a bad way, to doing like tech ledge tricks or tech lip tricks, and he's good at it. Yeah, and, and also the thing is that you know a lot of other guys. I speak explicitly about men in invert skating in the 80s and 90s. They were wild boys. They were they were rock stars. I mean, like Hosoi is amazing, but I don't know. Well, I guess now, you know, he's you know, he's clean and sober, he's a preacher and everything like that. I guess that's I guess that's role model material. But like Hosoi in the 80s and 90s, like I don't know. <laughs> he was I mean, he was living it up. I'm predicting that Birdman also had a good time. He just wasn't as public about oh, it. Oh no, yeah. I mean that was always his thing, wasn't it? He's like, Shh, you it didn't see ways, me. man. Yeah, they I mean that's a good point. A lot a lot of the new bird dudes, well, there's only a few, like El- Elliot Sloan fucking rips that last bird party came out with was insane. Oh yeah. Jimmy Wilkins, obviously, but yeah, their uh their images are kind of nondescript. You know what I mean? Oh no, absolutely. Basically but, like super yeah. skate rat. This is like uh, you know, it's more interesting to watch paint dry. Like horrible <laughs> copy in an interview. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, if they were a little more marketable, that might like you know what I mean, raise the uh, move the needle, as they say. But like you said, like there's not that many vert ramps to skate out there to do this shit. I mean, there used to be one here in Richmond. They just tore it down. Why? No one knows. Yeah, at the uh, and the park that's there is horrible. It's awful. It's like the the worst park ever. Like yeah, in any continent anywhere. Yeah, it, it's. Oh, worse than the ones in Scotland? <laughs> oh, like that one that you see? Oh, that that you always see on Twitter is like the worst park in the world. No, it's not that. It's not like like a one foot like pyramid with like a two foot rail surrounded by grass or something. Like it's not. That, I mean, <laughs> but it's it's close. I mean, skating has also gotten to a point now where somebody would be like, I could get a few tricks off of this. Um, people are skating such weird shit. But um, back to the difference between then and now. You know, I remember reading interviews, um, and shout out to Chromeball for really um, digging in in his interviews with vert pros from that era. You know, a lot of a lot of people talked about just not having access to the material. Just like companies didn't make boards that were big enough, and you couldn't get big wheels. Everybody was just hanging on to backstock of whatever they had, and 
it was like it was a struggle and yet people still did it like it didn't completely disappear no it's just like pool skating or anything else you know it's kind of just went underground oh by the way like for some reason this just came to mind speaking of pool skaters and pool school I, I found Ricky Rackman from Headbangers Ball li- now lives on the East Coast. I think he lives in North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, he's down in Charlotte or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I was just thinking about him for some reason. I was just like, oh, yeah, he skates. He, he had, had or has a skate company. Oh, I, I knew he was an old like pool guy from like the early 80s and stuff. I didn't know he had a company, like a skate company. Yeah, pool school. No shit, huh? Yeah. Which, I don't know. I feel like that... If he just waited a little while, something like that could do numbers, just like to cash in on the the nostalgia. Yeah, it's, it seems like pool skating. Seems like pool skating had a bit of a moment, like in the early two thousands, like DC video, like Dylan Aver doing it. it. Seems like had a bit of a moment there. Oh yeah, I, I, it was also um, climate related because there was a pretty severe drought over here on the west coast at the time. Right, right. And um, also not just the drought, but then um, pools came back into fashion again. Uh, 2008 to 2011, during the the Great Recession, you know, when the economy tanked, there were a lot of houses that were just left vacant. And in parts of Arizona, and even in, I think, in Hemet, which is a small city about two hours to the west of, excuse me, to the east of LA. Sorry about my geography. You know, you had companies who were just cool with skaters skating there because they kept um, they kept the pools empty. And they generally guarded the property and weren't total dicks. And so, yeah, like it, it's been interesting. It's been interesting that pool skating is something that people will be like, oh, I'd like to try this. But like a vert ramp is might be a bridge too far. I know we've talked about this a bit, but of those vert skaters from back in the day, other than Danny and Colin, Danny, Colin and Alf, who, who had street chops for real, for real. Paul Zitzer. Oh, he was cool. Oh, he also had. Uh... He's really good still. Yeah, he uh, he also had cool graphics on Birdhouse. Yeah, Zitzer, uh, Todd, Congelare. Oh, he's super cool. I think he he plays music. He plays in a punk band. I saw him yeah, for yeah FYP or something. He, yeah, he some open for Mike Watt. He, yeah, he had some street shit in uh, that Liberty part, which was pretty advanced for the time for 1990. By the way, that's another cool verb part if you haven't seen it yet. Oh, the, there's a separate Liberty video that's not uh, just the Liberty section in uh, Rubbish Heap. Yeah, yeah, it's uh called Liberty Horror. Holy shit! I don't it know who else is in. Yeah, what it pops up on Instagram every now and then. Does he do? Does he do like a? I don't know. It's probably like a waist high, fakey two seventy to feeble fakey. Yeah, like he does a bunch yeah, of yeah. really advanced lip trick shit for the time, like Cavalarial Disaster, Big Spin Backside Disaster. It's pretty sick. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. You know what? Like a video that probably should get more credit is Rubbish Heap. I don't know if I've ever actually watched it. Really? Big admission. I don't know. I loved it. I still love it. I still think it's great. It's it's kind of amazing that, you know, it was only made within a couple of years of uh, of video days, but it's still a joy to watch. Would have loved it with some music, but that's the cool thing. A video with no music, you can make your own soundtrack. Yeah, the, um, the Rubbish Sheep on the World box set with the commentary by uh, Steve Rocco and Rodney Mullen is pretty funny because mm-hmm. they're... They basically just like giggle the whole time, and you know, one of them will say like, "What the fuck happened to that guy?" Then they'll giggle for like a couple minutes. <laughs> sick, that would be okay. That would be the ultimate. You have to have a Rodney and Rocco like have them as a guest on a podcast and be like, "Any and all questions are game." Like Lord I feel like willing. Maybe, maybe one of these days. 
I feel like they 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 have all of the answers. Could make a pretty sick concept video of just Rocco, Rodney, giggling, and then spliced together. I don't know. We'll we'll get our hands on those world never log tapes. Splicing together laughter soundtrack, sick concept video. One of one. All right. This past week, weekend release Street Fighters 2 featuring Trevor Thompson and the new pro, Andrew Considine. Did I say it right? Considine? Do you guys have any uh, any ideas on that one? I have no information either way. No information. Cool hair, though. (laughs) Skating was always this thing, like, or, you know, trying to name guys Renee Matheson. Like, I can say Renee Matheson, but Andrew Considine. Okay. Andrew Considine. Sorry, Andrew. We don't know how to say your name yet. So, Street Fighters 2 leaned heavily on a 16-bit aesthetic, and it got us wondering about skate movies or concept videos in general. Was that a 16-bit aesthetic? Yeah. Yeah, the Sega Sega Genesis was 16-bit. So, yep. yeah. Yep, and then I had the Sega Weekend. Yeah, weekend the, yeah, the title Sega, Mas- Sega Master System was 8-bit, as was the uh, NES. So, yeah, 16-bit, you're right. Yep. Word, thank you. You want to start all over? Well, no, man, I like, I like this <laughs> sketchy intro. So we're going to go with this. Patrick, how yes. did Street Fighters 2 hit you? I love the use of the band. Um, I shall be released in Trevor Thompson's part. Um, the band, this, the band. Oh, yeah, the band, the band. Sorry. <laughs> this was actually a really fun video. I've really come to appreciate weekend videos, even though I never see their stuff in shops. And technically, I should, but I guess it's all, you know, people are buying it. They're, people are definitely skating their boards. It's just... Always seem to be out. Anyway, um, I would have liked a little bit more uh, Karsten Kleppen, but this was about Trevor and Andrew, and they both delivered. Like, this is, it was also like the right length, too. I think, um, not just as somebody who is on a podcast about skating, but just as a skater in general, this is, a, this is like the perfect length to be able to discuss for a podcast. Because if it's like anywhere from a half an hour to 40 minutes, you feel like you can't just. Watch it and then watch it again and be good and be able to take notes. It almost feels like you have to really dedicate multiple viewings, especially if it's a video with lots and lots and lots of people in it. Anyway, back to Weekend. They're a cool company. And I, you could still tell, um, and I, uh, what is Grant's last name again? I, I, Yensura. I, pardon? Yensura. Oh, uh, so Grant Yensura is, this is somebody who has an eye. He has a, a really like strong vision for the way that uh, a video should look. And also, like this was fun. The thing that actually made it really fun for me was the Street Fighter theme because that video game is hilarious. And it's done in a way where you feel like nobody lost sleep over doing the graphics and get everything just right. And so you could tell it was done in just in like it was like that right mix of homage without too much obsession in it. Um, and it worked like it's a short enough video that, um, like, if this has been a 30-minute video, this would have been a tough concept to stretch. Jason, what do you think? Well, as the video game liaison for this podcast, I uh, loved it. I was super entertained by this concept. As far as the skating, I mean, yeah, they had, like, the back and forth between Shin and Carson Kleppen, like, in the middle. That was amazing. Uh, there were some RPG, some text-based RPG elements there. Yeah, never, not really familiar with this Trevor Thompson guy, but he has a kind of like Elos kind of style. Maybe it's like the the fits or like you know the flip out, like flipping out of shit sometimes. But yeah, he's definitely well advanced for what he's doing. Was psyched to see Toby Bennett, who is next to blow out of VA, even though he had just like a couple lines in there that was sick. 
also a couple new new guys maybe i don't know i find it kind of hard to keep track of who i was on weekend because they seem to have a couple new guys in every video and they kind of look the same but they have different names <laughs> <laughs> doesn't but, help yeah it doesn't help the last the, the last guy andrew constantine like yeah definitely markable has cool hair not he might be one of those guys that's super good but skates bad on purpose maybe it's because they included so many falls in there <laughs> but uh, whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> i like that concept go in on this wait, wait, wh- why do you think he does it i don't know like to look cool or something like i don't know me like i said maybe it's because they included like a bunch of falls in there which i'm not really the biggest fan of like putting falls in videos i think it's just like takes up space but yeah he's sick definitely marketable cool hair personality you know personality goes a long way mm-hmm. i think in is, pro skating so is he like 6'3 250 that looks like a very large man on a skateboard and is he actually just 20 years old are you serious yeah. i was i was it, thinking I was it's like video game too, stats like. said he was 20 this dude's not 20 like hey 33 at a minimum i have no idea there's no way he's 20 he definitely looks like he smokes uh you know smokes parliaments and drives like an old uh old toyota uh pickup he's got like oh. that vibe like he might just step out of one of those like hey what's up guys how you doing Maybe maybe strike. maybe a Florida twenty is an anywhere else thirty. But like his like five Ooh. o'clock shadow screams just like, hey man, <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, he has that hey man, fuck it vibe, which is cool. You know, Pers- little, like I said, little personality goes a long way. Um, couple other things was psyched on the uh, proliferation of the Philly Santa Suso Pro Model pants. I don't know, they might be the pant of the moment. They might have surpassed uh, Big Boys as the most really? dominant pant. Maybe, maybe so. And they're, you know, my favorite pin out. So, you know, that was pretty sick. But yeah, like Patrick was not psyched on the, uh, that four non blonde song. Like, I don't know, maybe it's different for like, you know, young people because they weren't around or outside when it dropped. But for me, it just kind of reminds me of that, like, that weird time in the mid 90s when major labels were like, there was like a gold rush for anything that was quote unquote alternative and they were pushing it like mad hard and a lot of good bands got signed but a lot of mad corny, corny bands got signed and came out with a bunch of like shit that, that song sucks like that <laughs> actually like, ruined his part for me i i i i i actually don't think that that the use of that 30 year old bizarro like song from our youth was that bad <laughs> I, I i don't know there's something weird like okay yeah fuck we're getting old but when stuff that has come and gone and been like discarded pops back up again it's always awkward maybe uh maybe maybe andrew or maybe i don't know what what you know the new guy that looks like the old guy on weekend maybe he can skate to like that blind melon song that was also hot that summer of i think it was 91 oh no this was like this is post no, like uh, never mind so this is probably uh four non blondes is probably 94 95 it was just like that 90210 alternative thing oh. like remember when uh that episode of 90210 when flaming lips were the guests at the peach pit except they were actually cool i mean like their whole thing was just like let's do acid and freak out the squares except in the 80s <laughs> <laughs> like them and the butthole surfers but four non blondes and linda perry who is the songwriter is not only prolific but incredibly talented as, as a, a pop writer but by God, that song is awful. The production's awful. The singing is over <laughs> the top and like borderline, like borderline is that area where just like, okay, there are blue notes and then there's just bad singing. And it's like a reminder of just like, ugh. It's like 
it's the worst of the worst of the 90s. And there's a generation of kids now who probably, they I don't know, maybe they find the optimism of it really amusing, but I don't know. Oh, it was like, I was, I was trying to figure out if I kind of knew it was schlocky, like in the moment. Ugh. Oh, yeah. I think so, yeah, I that, did. yeah, that's I, a good word. It's well, just, so, yeah, it's very schlocky. Just kind of like, it, hey, it, man. It, but, but it was also like you couldn't get away from it. And I really do think it was 91 <laughs> or 92 when that song came out. But it was, no, it, no, it was, it was 95, maybe even like 96 or 97. All right. This is, we're, we're not allowed to use the internet here because people don't like the typing sounds on our, on our show. 1993. But also that Blind Melon song with the little girl in the bee suit, like, <laughs> That's gonna be in the in the next fucking weekend video. No, no, don't do this. We love See, weekend. We love weekend, but it's inevitable. Don't do this. Don't do I this. I already thought about it, so it's gonna happen. No. All right. I'm gonna We're keep gonna it one hundred. Who's who's that one kid? Um who's that dude on weekend? He this is going nowhere. Probably just cut that whole train of thought, Templeton. Oh no, <laughs> you gotta keep it because <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna say this. The best thing about I was gonna put him in the in the in the B suit. I was gonna put him in the the B suit. <laughs> he was gonna be shamed into dancing. Oh god, that'd be so terrible. The most important thing that Beavis and Butthead said in the 1990s was that was that sucks or this sucks. And you know we're in a place now where at least in written music criticism you don't get the same kind of like scorching takes. You know. You know, really, really, really well thought out uh, uh, negative or, or critical reviews of something. And some st- like a lot of stuff in the 90s sucked. And a lot of this stuff was terrible. You know, it, it's bad for a reason. It's like it like it makes me like it reminds me of like terrible khakis, you know? Yeah. At, at, everyone loves the 90s until you have to sift through like all the alternative or so-called alternative Dude, shit. They did a terrible cover. Big. A terrible cover of Hot Fruit. No, um, I'm the One by Van Halen. Who did? Four Non Blondes. It was in Airheads. Oh my! No God, that shit, huh? Terrible. <laughs> Airheads. Airheads Airhead. is a great movie. Airheads is a great movie, though. Airheads is a great movie. I'm the I'm the one from that's in the Toy Machine video, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Famously hated by <laughs> Noah Johnson. Yeah, you're gonna hate Ed Templeton. That song. <laughs> anyway, anyway, back to uh, the weekend video. Weekend, weekend video could pull off Blind Melon. I just would be like, no. Blind, I think Blind Melon had a couple of bangers besides that, that one. Anyway, back to the weekend video and con- conceptual videos in general. Yeah, maybe Yo, do that more on that. Yeah. Yeah. What are Topic. some other uh, tight concept videos out there? All things Crail Tap. Yeah, Crail Tap. Actually, a, to, to a concept video. I came up with this definition myself, but I would define it as like having one idea or a theme or even like a visual motif throughout even mm-hmm. a, it could be a narrative doesn't have to be a narrative. I mean, the bar is kind of low for skateboard videos because the formula for skateboard videos is so basic yeah. in that like, if there's anything that's unifying, it's usually pretty that, you know, that's, that's not common. Like the lowest of the low bar for a concept video is like Planet Earth Silver. Where oh yeah, with like the the quarter. Yeah, was that what that was? Thing. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. even thinking about like that unifying item. Just the idea that you know there's like a sixteen or eight millimeter intro shot that kind of like was a story before all the parts. Yeah, that that's one. A similar type of idea was in the one hundred and one rule or two promo where. 
Eric Costa was just like jogging through LA and then he's like Lee Peterson and then he sees Gabriel Rodriguez rest in peace and shit. That mm. was the concept. Mm -hmm. Another one is a little video that came out out of Seattle in like the late aughts. It was a hollow and ass to hollow notes. Yep. Which I mean, pretty self-explanatory. All, all the music was hollow notes except for baby come back, which is actually player, not hollow notes as many people think, but it's, Still like yeah, super sick video, conceptually. It's on Vimeo maybe still because that's where I watched it. Yeah, it's on it's, it's on YouTube. I just I just watched it. Perfect. Oh, I see that. You this podcast. It, so. so what is it about making a concept video or having some sort of uh, theme running across your video? Why is it so hard? Especially even like for a team that has a cool creative visual, like a strong visual aesthetic. Even for them, it's hard. Yeah, well, it's it's real easy for it to be like really corny. Right. I think like like the GNS video stun, which is a sick video. Like the concept was Willie Santos, who's like a you know, nice all American kid, gets kidnapped and then they like tape his eyes open like in um Clockwork Orange and make him watch all these skate videos. And by the end of this video, he's like transformed into this like diehard like street ripper, you know, wearing flannels and shit. Like it's it's funny. It's funny now, but it's definitely corny. It's I, sick I guess video, it's also... sick video by the way, super sick. Like Chris Markridge's part mm -hmm. is fucking way advanced. Willie Santos's part is fucking gnarly. Sick video for sure. Yeah, you can't sleep. Like you, can, it's kind of amazing that there are companies like GNS, even to an extent H Street, where you still have this amazing reverence for Plan B, for example. And yet, you know, you had GNS, you had H Street. You know, there's a handful of other companies where which were the Basically, they were where a lot of pros who went on to be amazing in the 90s, either they got their start or, you know, it was like the, their next step up sponsor wise. But um, back to, you know, having a concept, um, having a concept in a video, you know, Crailtap had the wildly unfair advantage of, you know, of having Spike Jones within their orbit, especially back then when he was like killing it in music videos. So here's somebody who was very used to working with artists at all kinds of different budgets to make, you know, to make a theme, you know, so to make a piece of themed programming. And so for a skateboard video, it kind of pushed him to the outer limit. And I feel like skate videos were the thing, like it's the missing link between him being an Academy Award winning uh, director and a skate photographer, you know, a skate and BMX photographer. It's like skate videos, you know, skate videos are that link, you know, the music videos was the second to last, but like, it's the skate videos. It's his ability to tell a story, not just in filming the skating, but also in like putting together skits, you know, that tie to a greater theme or story. Uh, like, oh, th it, sorry to interrupt, but that reminds me, biggest conceptual video of all, the fucking blind video. <laughs> I know. I mean, <laughs> almost forgot. Jeez. I mean, and it's, um, it's actually, it's kind of like, okay, so thinking about the blind video, is it? It's not just the skating as a concept, because now, now that I really think about it, is that the thing that is like you could throw it on? It's like oh, it's almost telling a story. It's not, but it's you know, it it, it works. It, it holds together. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's cool because it's really just ridiculous and low budget. Like, was it supposed to be like anti drunk driving or something? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know, but like it's it's, it's ridiculous, but it's I don't know, it's tight. Well, it's it it's in the same vein as this weekend video in that like none of it's there's no explanation you know nothing um, not exploratory not explanatory there's just no uh, what do they do in movies when they exposition 
there is no exposition. <laughs> you know, you get you get Trevor Thompson's part, and all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden it's a video game, and then yeah. it's more of a video game, and then that motif kind of falls away. But it's it's dope, and it's fun, and it's brief. You know, if you actually wanted to like read everybody's power bars and know what they were good at, like you got to pause the YouTube video. Nothing's overplayed. Nothing's overdone. Yeah, right? that, that, I mean, that's the same as that blind video. That blind video. Yeah, blind it, video. It, I, yeah. If you're gonna do a concept or a narrative, it has to be like really brief. Like it might be goofy, but that's better than say like the Nike video, which had a concept, but it was way overblown and was fucking corny anyway. Like with the dialogue and shit. How yeah. on earth do you fuck something like that up? <laughs> Skaters can't do dialogue. Let's let's talk about <laughs> that Ishad that Ishad commercial. Like. Who in their right mind was like, okay, that's the take we're gonna use. Great delivery of that dialogue. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, but that's a commercial. No I mean, this talking. is a whole. No skaters talking. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't mind it. Um, I, I like that commercial actually. Um, Am I anti-podcast if I say no skaters talking? <laughs> no, my club would like to have a word with you. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, actually, uh, before we go on from video days. Do you think that's the best sequence video of all time? As in order of parts? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me think. So here's Jason never Lee. Thought of that. No, Jason did not first. Who's first? Mariano. Mariano. Guy, guys, guys first. Got to have the, Richter. New, the new Ripper first. Or new Ripper. Ripper. And Jason Lee's last. And you had Mark Gonzalez with the penultimate part. And Rudy Johnson was in there. And then Jordan, Rizek, Jordan Richter was in there somewhere. With yo, did y'all ever hear? Uh, I don't know if it's apocryphal or if it wasn't some interview somewhere. Like the cop, like Mike Carroll's copy copy of uh, Video Days that they had it. You know, the infamous Carroll pad SF had a like John Richards part like cut out. <laughs> I've heard of that. I'm sure somebody did that. I've heard of that. That particular Mike Carroll. Apocrypha. I mean, what That's what song? You know, excuse me. What album of yours doesn't have a song that you skip over? Uh, random story. I beat they. Okay. So there used to be this out tournament, O-U-T, like a skate tournament at Third Layer. And it's it's about 20 years ago now. Jordan Richter showed up with Greg Witt, who is a vert skater from Minnesota, who went on to like promote prefab skate parks and stuff. But uh, Jordan Richter entered this out contest. Here's my big claim of the day. Rep flow, I beat Jordan Richter in this out contest. With Damn. a backside nollie heel. And he did a pressure flip on me, and I can't pressure flip. Wow! Like, so basically, talk shit on pressure flipping. You, you've got a very, uh, you, you've got a something pretty big that you can brag about. Because like, hey, have you ever, you know, beaten somebody who was in video days in the contest? Don't think so. The blind video. What up? You, know? <laughs> you should you should put that in your Twitter bio right under one hundred seventh at Tampa Am. I'll put I'll I'll add in my Thrasher byline for writing a canvas in 2003, <laughs> and uh, well, I beat Jordan Richter and out in 2002. I mean that's impressive. Oh, by the way, jumping back to the previous topic, Mark Gonzalez should also be counted in there. He's fun to watch on Vert. Oh 100%. yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he's, he's even. He, oh, no, go ahead, Mike. I was just gonna say like him and Jimmy Wilkins have a little bit of the leg tweak in common. Oh, yeah, on the front side alleys and shit. Yeah, Mark Gonzalez is even fun to watch do, like, inverts and shit. Oh, he's got the best ones. Mm-hmm. So, I guess, where is Weekend? Like, where, 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 you know, how do you rate them? How do you rank them in terms of, like, the, the kind of current ecosystem? Because there's a lot of companies that have 
pretty much doing a very similar thing, but they still stand out and they make great videos and they make a lot of them. They had that full length video a couple years back that I feel like I was very lukewarm on because God, it was like an hour and 10 minutes long and whatever personality that always shows through in their short videos was like lost in that deluge. So where do they stand? Their short form stuff is fantastic. And mm-hmm. I, re- I really think they're actually like in terms of modern skateboarding, quote unquote, uh, shout out to Portmanteau, Portmanteau. I don't know how to say anything. Uh, that dude on uh, Twitter, who's also a ripper, manual ripper from the Bay Area, like he quoted something as modern skateboarding. I think Weekend is that with like slappy variations, some flip out stuff kind of cutty spots but not grimy spots like weird off the beaten path stuff southern california i I really like weekend and uh terms of narrative stuff i don't know they're kind of forging their own path and grant and sarah is really good at making weird little entertaining videos which in the time we're all about short attention spans that's definitely crucial yeah they they seem to be like or not be like, or have their finger like on the pulse of what the kids are into, you know, your average like 16 to 25 right. year old skater who's, you know, might be just getting into like art or photography or that kind of shit, you know? So yeah, they, they got a good thing going, I think. So then why this over say a frog video? Cause it almost seems like they're, I guess there's something a little bit more homespun and a bit twee about frog, right? Twee. Ooh. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Um, you know, like the, they might be the Bell and Sebastian of uh, board companies. Like very kind of like bashful, like yeah, with with the tweet. Yeah, weekend. I mean, they they still rip, you know, but they still have that like you know the sense of humor that goes into their video productions is very tight. You know, mm-hmm. not, not a lot of board brands have that. A lot of a lot of brands are like fucking serious. I'm, I'm still Better trying to worse. sort out Frog versus Weekend. Yeah, there's something about weekend that just reminds you of like somebody wearing a a hooded jacket, like with the whole hood pressed up against their face, kind of like hemming and hawing to the in the corner, and uh, maybe like Seymour Stein by Bell and Sebastian is playing Seymour super Stein. loud, and they're just like super awkward, like OD awkward, and like with a big thick old like uh, thick like a kind of like a tortoise shell like '80s frames. Just somebody who's like this is weekend personified. You're saying or. Oh no, I'm saying Frog, which is not okay. a bad thing, by the way, because those weirdos always made great music. So Frog, like low key, Frog has some rippers, dude. Like the last video that he came out with, that one kid, what's his name, Crazy Frankie, or whatever they call him. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, no doubt, their videos have been great. And um... yeah, I mean, they're they're like sneaky, like uh, you know, you, you might think oh, MS Paint graphic, blah blah, but no, dude, they got some heavy hitters on that team. Or even, I, especially if you include um, Antonio Durao, who's like Frog by Association or whatever. Who does he ride for again? I don't know. Nike, I don't know if he has a board. But back to June Wilkins. June Wilkins doesn't even have a fucking board sponsor. That's criminal. Danny Way should, like, I mean, they just got rid of, or uh, Sheckler just quit pen, uh, Plan B. You know, Danny Way, hook a brother up, man. That would be sick, dude. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, he's that got the pedigree and, like, Hey, some new blood like making Vert cool. I mean, Vert is a was a huge part of the Plan B, the Plan B story. Come on, yo! Just now, I'm just now picturing in my mind the intro to virtual reality, but it's three boxes of Jimmy Wilkins doing neck high backside disasters. Yeah, dude. Actually, no, I take it back. 
Man, if Plan B came out with a video that was with a triple screen intro, that would make all their that would erase all their like whack graphics. Oh yeah. If they the just past, like, a, like if they just <laughs> gave us like a little something, years. a little tribute. I mean, hey, isn't that uh whatchamacallit? Isn't that uh, version of I don't know from the Randy Rhodes tribute album? Yes. So there you go. Correct. Full circle. Uh, plan B along with other to not be named brands in like the early 2010s basically were putting out nft board graphics and that it was like the same framework with just like different colors and like barely tweaked ideas from pro model to pro model those were the worst days for skateboard graphics. oh yeah the the, the series graphic era yep yeah yeah that shit was terrible oh yeah that was like a, about the period where like there was like a blank renaissance because there were so many people like these graphics are terrible i'd rather just be skating blanks I never thought of that, but I'm pretty stoked you brought that up. Is that the no transition? Is, I, I think that is. I was going to say no one's no one's not stoked on me attempting to end the show. That's perfect. Brings, <laughs> you landed it perfectly. I was like, dang, that was nice. <laughs> yeah, which which brings us to the part of the show where we talk about what we're stoked on this week. Uh, hey, Jason, what are you stoked on? Well, uh, Toby Bennett out of Virginia, whom we mentioned before, is a venture writer. And as always, I'm stoked on Venture Trucks out of Northern California, specifically San Francisco. Also, a little video came out in the Thrasher Plazacation series featuring that one plaza in Berlin at the museum. I'm not going to attempt to say the actual name of said museum, but you know what I'm talking about. It uh, could not be more in my wheelhouse. It's, you know, some people you heard of, like Kevin White and shit, plus some, some no-name or unknown, just Eurotech ninjas doing MVDs and shit. It's great. Love it. Check it out. Also stoked on a novel or actually novella, technically. It's uh, Catch Up by Sam Pink. It's kind of like Charles Bukowski, but not as all over the place and super easy to read. If you like Charles Bukowski, specifically uh, Factotum or whatever, whatever book he wrote about jobs and shit like that. It's about like a short order cook in a small town. Sounds fucking boring but it's uh actually super interesting yeah check that out if you're into bukowski or anything along those lines patrick what are you stoked on this week i'm stoked on spitfire wheels also out of san francisco california uh i am stoked on community supported fisheries uh, more specifically fish delivery it's actually been really nice uh (laughs) my wife and i've been going pescatarian this month and it's actually been an adventure in eating um, I'm stoked on scans of old CCS catalogs, brought back a lot of fun memories of just circling boards that you were never going to get. There is a new Frank Gerwer interview on Chromeball Incident that I enjoyed reading earlier this afternoon. And finally, the Instagram account I had just mentioned, the past participle. I don't know, just love that. <laughs> I love that account. Uh, Mike, what are you stoked on? I'm stoked on some quarter snacks sweatpants, kind of a hard phrase to say. I just got in the mail. Uh, they're green. They're advertised as the best sweatpants out there. Still evaluating, but they're pretty damn good. Also stoked on um, the long form podcast episode about the Jeremy Strong, aka Kendall Roy of Succession Profile, that was in the New Yorker again to say uh, the long form podcast interviewed the author of that profile and now i feel bad i'm gonna click my own link to name him that was with michael schulman who's a staff writer with the new yorker that profile went super viral in december and if you're a succession watcher you've maybe already tracked it down to read it 
but um overall it was like a cool act pulling back the curtain on reporting of how this like really big story actually came about and um the reporter's thoughts on a story that got many different reactions from many different people so if you're a nerd and into journalism or just succession i'd say listen to that podcast that's it for our show this week be sure to check out mostly skateboarding.net where templeton not on the show this week will have compiled links and other show notes until then which is next week i guess <laughs> when we're back uh you can keep up with us all online patrick where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Colonel K Speaks or on Instagram at P Kigongo. Jason, where can the internet find you? Twitter at Carbonite1994, Instagram, Frozen Carbonite, and writing stuff for Corusnacks.com. Mike, where can the people follow where can the people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle at M Munson Rider. And that's it for the show. We'll see you next week. Bye. Take care, y'all.